0: Pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches.
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum Card
0: right
2: this way
1: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of American Express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex
2: hey it's Wilfred L. and Sabrina Bryan and we're the hosts of the new podcast Magical Rewind
1: you may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter
2: and the Cheetah Girls movies
1: together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen so
2: kick back grab your popcorn and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: The volume.
3: What's going on, Snaps family? Aaron Murray here, and no, T-Bob did not get the F-boy haircut next to me. That is the film guy. The T-Bob... Brooks Austin joining us right now, a fan of the show, friend of the show. Uh, T. Bob was supposed to kind of get this nice fade, Brooks, before uh, or after a bet was was essentially lost. Oh. He's refusing to pay that debt till after a wedding in May. Oh. So it's kind of like an ongoing running joke that he needs to 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 essentially pay his damn debts. You know, he promised he would get a cut once we got to a certain number of subscribers. We hit that number. The haircut was not done, so this is what T. Bob would look like if he shaved his beard and got the F. Boy haircut. Right there, the same guy, aka the clean shaven, nice haircut
4: T. Bob. Why? Why the F. Boy? Like what? Is he calls mine the Fuck Boy haircut? Okay. When I get the fade, he calls it. The that checks fade. out. That's that yeah. checks out with him. That's why. Um, I you know the world was introduced to the Travis Kelsey fade uh, during Super Bowl week which was a whole nother gambit of a discussion of all kind of different stuff. But yeah, man, I've been getting the high and tight fade. Um, as my grandfather called the high top, I've been getting the high top since like third grade so i grew it out once in college but we've been high and tight with Because i can't do the facial hair um mm. so yeah if i don't if i don't square off the top of my head i just look like a big circle already because I'm, I'm naturally <laughs> you know chubby and cylindrical from the cheeks down so we, we really got to square up the top it's a whole method man it's i think i gotta do- try
3: I, think, I do think T would look good with the beard and the hind-tight fade. I think he would look great. I know his wife and him are a little bit nervous before the Easter pictures and before the wedding, but uh, come this summer, before SEC Media Days, T will be rocking that. Obviously, T-Bob is not with us here today. He is at Mardi Gras enjoying himself, so do pray for his liver, his sanity, and anything that else that may get destroyed while he's in New Orleans and also, fingers crossed, that he will be back with us Come our live show on Thursday once again as we start show. Like, subscribe, all that great stuff. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, go follow us on our new social channels at the volume sport volume snap, excuse me, on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we just launched those last week, so appreciate everyone who has gone out there and given those a follow as we continue to grow here on the Snap's YouTube channel. We got Brooks with us, so we're going to dive a lot into Georgia. We're going to dive a lot into the SEC, have a little bit of a discussion about Dion and what he's building in Colorado for year two. But you are the guy when it comes to to Georgia football. And I know you, you love to tell me you know everything. I know you know everything, but we're going to start with your bread and butter. You start with your bread and butter. Georgia, how are you feeling about just everything right now? Because it, it was a... It was a weird feeling about a month ago, a little over a month ago. We were both down there in Miami, mm. and a lot of pissed-off Georgia fans thinking that they should be in the playoffs, and expectations are that, expectations are championship. Did it, did, has any of the momentum been lost from the back-to-back national champs, or is it still the same hungry Georgia fans that we saw
4: two, three years ago? Oh, you 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 speaking from a fan base perspective. Yeah. Um, I think there has been a cooling off. There's been like a okay, we won those two, and but now now the the way that in which a hey, a three point loss kept you from a three peat that right there, I think kind of reinvigorated the fan base into back into like no, hey, we need to we need to get back to our elite standards now. But I don't, Aaron, it was weird. I don't think there was any in, any drop off like. In terms of hey, the fans showed up at the home games. The home slate this year was really it wasn't great. Like the the only two really good games were Kentucky and Ole Miss. Like that was really it. And and Missouri. You got Missouri at home. That was your three-headed monster of a quote unquote home game slate. So it wasn't like game day was in town, even though they did come into town that one time and it rained all day long. So I don't think there was any drop off from a vibe. Like, like, hey, they're not as hungry. I, I didn't necessarily feel that. Um, and you know, I'm a big metrics guy. The numbers on any of my platforms didn't say that either. Like we feel the off season drop off. I mean, look at it. Yeah, we can kind of see it. You feel that mm-hmm. that that's been per the 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 standard that we normally see in February. It just happened a little bit earlier this year because Georgia season didn't end January 10th. It ended December 4th. You know, yeah. within reality after the the selection committee.
3: Yeah, no, it. it, it T always says that. Georgia fans are now the, the new Alabama fans where they, they take it for granted. They're not appreciative of what they're witnessing on the football field, the play, the coaching, all that. And I, I don't know. I disagree. Like I think that there is a sense of like we walk. I, I would say it's more confidence. They walk into the stadium believing that they're the biggest, baddest dude doesn't mean that they're complacent or they don't really care or that, that they've you know, like this wine and cheese kind of fan base that – kind of sipping back with their pinkies in the air, just hanging out here for the good time. Like There is that still, to me, energy, excitement. And I think a little bit has to do with, obviously, Georgia and where they are and what Kirby's built. But I also think the fact that color football is changing with the playoffs, with the new conference, with Texas and Oklahoma joining. Like, man, the amount of times that I've talked to players through like the TPL stuff Mm -hmm. that just say, dude, we are so freaking pumped to go to Austin to go to Tuscaloosa, yeah. to go to Oxford. So like, I think if you're a Georgia fan or any, I mean, this is really all fans and you look at like this new college football, I don't care if you're a, a, a below 500 team, a 500 team, a championship contending team, college football next year is going to be freaking for everyone. Cause every single oh. weekend, there's gonna be so many damn good matchups.
4: That that's true. And I think the, the removal of divisions has created this. I, we went yep. through it last night. I mean, Georgia has five preseason top 25 football teams on the on the schedule going into the season. It's a neutral side against Clemson. Texas is a top five team. Bama's the top, mm-hmm. you know, eight, top ten team, Tennessee's top 15. Ole Miss will be a top five preseason ranked football team The schedule looks like it does now. I think, in large part, because there's no more divisions. But I think looking back on it now, like especially from 16 to what to to 2023, right? I mean, Georgia hasn't had any of these murderers row in terms of you know you know schedules because the SEC East really got decimated. Like you know, Florida's down, South Carolina's down, Tennessee has now kind of come back to a 10 win program, it seems like. But you know, prior to georgia's kind of supremacy you're you're very familiar with this there used to be multiple seasons where you know since 2005 georgia has had these top 25 five of them on the preseason rankings uh you know five times 2005 2008 13 14 and 16 georgia had these quote-unquote murder row schedules well they, they disappeared because Georgia became the standard in the East. Now we no longer have the East. We merged the divisions, and now, mm-hmm. boom, all of a sudden, the schedule looks like murderer's row. So I think yeah. that's a large part of what really has happened to the schedules here. But I think back to the fan discussion and the temperament of the fan base, I think a good litmus test for this has always been spring games for me. Like, mm-hmm. what does your spring game attendance look like? You look at Alabama spring games towards the end of Nick Saban's run, like 5,000 people in the stands. They can't even figure out, the, you know, fill out the lower bowl. Last year, Georgia had some stadium renovations that closed off basically half of the stadium. I'll be very inter- interested to see what the capacity looks like at the spring game this year. That, for me, is always like a oh there's eighty five thousand people at a game that's a scrimmage, it's a glorified practice mm-hmm. that fan base is still very active and hungry for 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 their uh you know football team so and football program that's always been my litmus test.
3: well they just got to make sure it's not on master's weekend we did that a couple of times when I was in yeah, Georgia why are we scheduling rough. a spring game on the same weekend as one of the greatest sporting events in the calendar year which is the masters in Augusta, about what two hours outside of Athens. So hopefully, and then Kirby's a golfer, he knows really well the golf calendar, not to schedule it around the masters time or the same weekend as the masters. All right. So, like big news that I, I gave a lot of people some some confidence heading to next year. Carson Beck back. Mm-hmm. What did you like? What did you not like from where you're one? And where do you kind of anticipate him? making that next stride like where where where's the biggest gap as you break down the film each and every week where's the biggest gap that you believe he needs to improve on to take his game to an L level to be a true Heisman contender to be that potential number one pick in the NFL draft to lead Georgia to a national championship what are those those areas of improvement
4: Yeah, in terms of comfort and continuity, I don't know if Carson Beck will ever have this type of stability, like even the rest of his career. He's going to spend five years, right? Todd Bucket came into this uh, program in 2020. He's going to spend 2020, 21, 22, 23, and 24 in the same system from a terminology standpoint, from a how we operate standpoint I don't think he'll ever get that. Like history of football tells us, you're not even going to get that in the NFL ranks, no matter even where. Like Andy Reid's changed coordinators three times in the last four seasons. This just doesn't happen. So from a continuity and a comfort standpoint, but it's the same is,
3: offense, though. It's,
4: it's Andy Reid's offense. It, 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 it's Andy Reid's, office, it's but Andy Reid's again, offense, but again, that that's the that's the example. That's the yeah, rest that's of, the exception. I'm with you. That, the rest that of the, the, the rest of the league is just not not there. Right. So like you're not going to have a, a, a growth from a comfort standpoint. He's not going to suddenly know the offense better than he ever has. Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to see any growth there. The growth for me, and, and I think the growth for Carson is going to have to be from a confidence standpoint. Like, I, I want to see, like, what I saw in, in portions of your game against Kentucky where, like, yeah, that window is really tight, but I, I'm a guy. I'm 6'4". I'm 225 pounds. I'm as traity as anybody who's ever played it. I'm going to make that throw. I want to see him play on the verge of almost risk at times. like mm-hmm. I felt I felt through times and, and critical games. He didn't have a lot of them last year, right? But when games got tight and windows got tight, I felt a hesitant hesitancy in the confidence range and and how he felt about his own skill set. I want to see a quarterback walk around like he drives a Lambo truck. like that's what I want to see. I want to see big Drake energy. I want to see like this dude knows he's a guy. He knows he's gonna go out here and ball out. He knows he's a first round caliber football player. That's where the growth is for me for Carson. Like, walk out and play football, like you know, you're good at this, you know you're great at this because he is.
3: Well, I wonder too, for from a pro perspective, too, like that's why scouts kind of shy away a little bit from guys that have just played one year, because there is yeah. there is a ta- like you you can find talented guys all over the place. The game, and we saw it with Patrick this week. We we t Bob and I debated yesterday, like what makes Patrick now on the level of Tom Brady. It's 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 from the shoulders up. It's yeah. it's that confidence. It's that swagger. It's that leadership. It's it's all those things that just don't always come overnight. That take time to develop, and sometimes it doesn't even happen. Most of the time, in in, in a single season, so you get a more veteran guy, a guy that's been through it, a guy that's been able to gain his confidence over a matter of you know twenty plus, to twenty five, almost thirty games. Like yeah, that's why you come back for another year because if it's straight based on talent. Carson is going to be one of the most talented quarterbacks in this year's draft. He's a top three or four talent quarterback. He would light up the combine. He would yeah. light up the pro day. It's it's all here, man. It's all up top. If he gains that confidence next year, and 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 to me, it's a mixture of confidence. It's also a mixture of of risk taking. And I I think I've said this before in here. A couple of things. One, because him and I have talked about this he watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers tape in the off season. Yeah. And he was always very quick to see a linebacker drop. Boom. Check down, mm-hmm. you know, see safeties, get off the hash, boom, check. Like where, where, where's my, get the ball out now, get the ball out now, which is great. But at some point you do have to kind of say like, okay, I've seen it enough. I know yep. if I've seen enough film, I know if I give my guy take more second that, that yeah, that check downs there, but let me just give my guy a chance down the field real quick. And if it's not there, then I'll check it down. So I think it's a, mixture of working on the timing with the foot you know essentially with his footwork as well
4: yeah and and just i think with the amount of reps and just playing more games you start to understand the flow of each individual football game when your football team needs you to really push things like we mm-hmm. hey, we need to drive this car a lot faster right now like we need to go um i think as you get older and you play more games at the position like you have a better feel for these types of deals when they're happening in front of you like hey the others, our defense is having a bad day. We need to go. Or, hey, this is a third and 12. I need to hold this football and make sure, hey, if I have to put the ball at risk, that's fine. We need to extend this possession right now because we need to score. Yeah. Those types of things are things that you pick up more and you feel more comfortable and confident in those situations as you get older. That's just time.
3: Well, he also had a lot of confidence last year when, when healthy, and this was the biggest issue for Georgia last year, which may be a good thing heading into this year because you learn how to, how to essentially not play with these guys, uh, yeah, McConkie, Brock, and both of them were in and out of the lineup last year. Rosemary Jack Saint was a really good guy; had a nice touchdown in the, in the in the Senior Bowl. He was, I would say, pretty darn consistent, at least the most consistent he's been in his career. But you're losing a lot of those playmakers. Who, in your mind, has to step up? Is it some oh. of the guys in the portal? Is it guys that are yeah. on the roster? Like George's had issues with. Elite receiver, consistent play, consistent Dude. for, Look for at the- almost a decade now
4: look at the roster right now like if you talk about who do they need to step up who do they need to have like like big seasons or what what pieces are they are made available to them like you immediately go to the transfer additions right it's like off rip hey Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett need to have better seasons and they they need to show growth from year one at Georgia to year two at Georgia those are both transfers hey what is London Humphreys going to do is he going to compete for the Z spot you know it's a six foot three 200 pound freshman all American or all SEC Freshman type guy coming in from Vanderbilt that that's not a homegrown product right Hey, mm-hmm. what's Michael Jackson the third going to be from USC? Also, a very different Z type receiver can kind of do it all. Lincoln Riley used him as a as a yak guy. Gave him a lot of jets. Gave him a lot of screens. Gave him a lot of hey, go run after the catch. Go run after win. When we give you the ball, go make a play with your legs. You got this Colby Young guy coming in from Miami. He's really like B-Max type of mold. You know this better than anybody, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Brian McClendon has a type. Brian McClendon loves 6'3", 200-plus. We all Look do. at everybody who's ever played for him. But, I mean, extremely him. This is a, a different example. Look at the guys that played for him during his first time at Georgia. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Chris Durham's. You're talking about massaqua Before we even get into the A.J. Green discussions, Malcolm Mitchell's, Chris Conley's all these guys are 6'3 plus all these dudes were long all right this is the type of player that BMAC wants and needs and like wants to develop those are five names Aaron that are all transfer additions because they don't really have any more homegrown talents you look at the roster right now and it's like hey Dylan Bell is really good great job there um is Anthony Evans gonna be good we'll see Mm I hear a lot of him I hear a lot of excitement about him I, I do. I hear a lot of great things, but, hey, that's two guys. And yep. Hey, will Tyler Williams develop into something? We're talking about three or four years of of a track record of, of recruiting on the on the, on the trail at this position that just has not bared fruit, and they have gone to the portal, and that's fine. And Kirby has always talked about, hey, that's what we're going to use the portal for. We're going to use it as Band-Aid solutions, not core identity mm-hmm. traits. Mm-hmm. But man, like how, how many more times can we go into this and 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 not necessarily I'm not saying they've struck out on any of these guys, but they don't have the Jamison Williams, uh Williams like success story. We brought this fourth fourth, you know, number four receiver from Ohio State and made him a first-round draft pick. Georgia doesn't have that right now on the track record in the portal. Maybe it develops this year, but that's, that's what, what they're I, banking on It that
3: Well, point. I think they're hoping I think the, the problem, Brooks, for the past what, four, three, four years is this offense has been built. Around the tight end position, I mean, Correct. look at like it, it, that's what's been built around. It's been around like okay, twelve personnel, thirteen personnel. How do we get Brock matched up? How do we use that chess piece? Uh, even a couple of years ago, it was it was you know not only Brock but it was the running backs. How do we move like a yeah. guy like James Cook around and get him matched up? Like they were all these unique pieces which made it really difficult for defenses but kind of put the importance of the receiver in the background. It was like, okay, guys, we can run the football. We can throw it to our tight ends, match up against linebackers and safeties. We can get our running back involved in the pass game, and then we're going to play great defense. We don't need the explosive receiver down the field because that's not who we are as an identity as a football team. And I think now the defense will still be great, but the SEC is going to be better. You have to kind of adapt a little bit more. and I think you have now the quarterback that can be more explosive
4: if he gets what we talked about earlier, some more of that confidence built into him. The 11, 12 discussion. I'm, I'm with you in 2020 and in 2021 and, and a little bit in 2022. Um, But Darnell's, uh, you know, hurt a little bit during times of that. And last year, like I I have the data. I actually got it recently because I made the same comments like, Hey, you're, you're, you're no longer a 12 team. And I got texts like, Hey buddy, we weren't a 12 team last year. We were in 11 personnel, 72% of the time. Like, but you're, they've, you're been to, they've been, but dependent, they've been offense, dependent upon the receivers. I mean, that's
3: still the big yeah. part. Like, the, the, the I don't care what per, per, personnel group you're in. It could be eleven. It could be twelve. It could be thirteen. And for those that are listening, that eleven personnel is one tight end, three receivers. Twelve is is one t- or one one running back, two tight ends, two receivers, thirteen, three three tight ends. I don't care what personnel group you're in. The offense still the importance was how do we get Brock involved? How do we get Correct. Brock his touches? So the right. offense ran through him, where you're not going to get rid of, because I think they have some talent at the tight end position. Like I think Lawson's going to be pretty darn good. We've seen Oscar play really good, Pierce had you know, a nice catch in the bowl game. Like they will get into those personnel groups, but I think a more 11 where the emphasis is not on involving the tight end, but involving Correct. the receivers is where you see this offense hopefully take that next step this year, I would think.
4: Yeah, it's a it's it's an eleven with no longer an emphasis on the tight end. You're correct. Yes. Personnel packagings have not changed. The ideology of the offense definitely yes. has because you've now lost the greatest tight end in the like the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. I think we can argue. I mean, I I think there's a strong case for that. So yeah, that, no. that I think that goes without being said. But from a personnel packaging and formational standpoint, I don't think they changed that much from no. a uh, you know what are they in.
3: Yeah. No. Um, I, I want to get more SEC big picture here with you. Obviously, you know, we hinted on it a l- little bit ago, but uh, everyone knows it's a new it's a new era, man. It, Texas, Oklahoma, jump into the SEC. You brought it up, no divisions, no more East and West. It is just a, hey, go out there, play, try to go out there and, and find a way to get to Atlanta. Top two teams record-wise will meet with a essentially a bye in the playoffs on the line. Uh, some of the contenders that jump to my mind, obviously Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, Alabama is going to be there. LSU. I'll, I'll ask you this first question, then we'll get to the big boys. Is are we missing Tennessee and Missouri on this one? I'm a little bit more high on Tennessee than T-Bob is. T-Bob's loving Missouri. He thinks Missouri football is back and they're going to be, yeah. you know, uh, grooving for the next few years. Where are you with those two kind of next tier ones?
4: See, I, I like Mizzou. Um, now, I know they lost. A, a, they're going to lose a bunch defensively. Um, but they've done a good job of not only not only recruiting, right? Williams-Lanary is going to probably start for them, I would imagine, as a true freshman this year. Five-star defensive end. Um, but they've also done a good job in the portal, right? I mean, Darius Smith didn't pan out at Georgia. He might at Mizzou, like he, he might pan out. He's 6'6", 230 pounds, and he's an avatar. Like he ran sub 50 seconds in the 400 in high school in South Georgia. Like he's, he's a freak. So they have a bunch of, you know, really, really talented football players. And, and most of the offense stayed intact. Um, you know, obviously Brady Cook comes back. Luther Burden's still there. I think Theo Weese is returning. I, I don't know the full I extent was, of yeah. uh, of all those things. So they have a full weaponry and, and and continuity there. But I think the main loss, like I said, is they lost their defensive coordinator in mm-hmm. conference. That's always a big hit. Um, so I, I I'm bullish on Mizzou. But like my thing is, and and I made the comments about this when uh, uh, an unnamed booster gave sixty two million dollars to Eli Drinkowitz. Guys, Eli Drinkowitz was six and seven, six and seven, seven and five, eleven and two. Eleven and two is the outlier there, not the other ones. Like, so can he repeat upon the success? I, I'm, I'm a believer. Like, hey do it twice and then I will confirm you. I'm not out here confirming this yet. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, Tennessee confirmed to me that they can still be a double digit win team with mediocre quarterback play with this system under Hypol. Mm-hmm. That is something I didn't think was going to be plausible. Like when, when we when we talked about Hypol and the hire coming from UCF into the conference, everybody starts talking about, "Oh, will this gimmick and will this trickeration work in terms of this spread offense and this fast pace and all this outside the numbers stuff?" And everybody focused on the passing attack. Guys, this is a football program that's been, I think, top three in the in rushing in this conference for two straight years under Heupel. I think it's confirmed. They're going to be able to run the football, and if you mm-hmm. can run the football in this conference, you can win football games. So mm-hmm. am, I, am I of the belief that they're in this upper tier? I don't necessarily know. We talked about it on our show, Aaron. I think there's four tiers of college football teams. There's the annual national title contenders. We wake up every August and we're like, hey, that team's going to be in the mix late. There's that group, right? And then there's tier two, which is you can reasonably wrap your mind around them winning a national title, right? Ole Miss fits in this category this year. Yep. I think Missouri floats in this category this mm-hmm. year, right? Maybe. You can make arguments about it, all yeah. right? So, yeah. And then there's tier three, which I call the Cam Newton tier, which is, hey, you're going to have to buy the best player in college football, which is available nowadays, and that guy's going to have to be a superhuman. And maybe, despite the fact that you don't have another NFL player on the entire roster like Auburn did that year, You can win a national title. Maybe that's possible for you. And then there's Tier 4, which is no shot. I think when we talk about, like, who are the annual national title contenders right now in in this conference, I only really can safely bring you two names, and that's Georgia and Texas, just because there's so many questions Mm -hmm. right now about what Alabama's got going on. So I would float Alabama into that Tier 2 where Ole Miss sits, where Missouri sits, where, like, When Florida gets it right, Florida can definitely win a national title. We're not out here marking that off for the rest of eternity. Um, And and I think LSU firmly sits in this right now where it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, LSU might be able to win a title. But in terms of guaranteed annual contenders, I think right now it's Alabama and it's Texas. Where's, where's, where's Oklahoma
3: in the equation? Where, where's Oklahoma?
4: Oklahoma's a, a firm tier two team for me. Like okay. they, they were they were a, a double-digit win team in the Big 12 last year with a whole bunch of questions, year two of Venables, and I saw a bunch of turnaround in the defensive performances because he got his hands out of that room and actually hired a coordinator. So um, the, that, that was a, a solid decision from him from a, a CEO perspective. I need to stop worrying about the defense. I need to start worrying about my entire program, and the defense will improve thusly.
3: I want to get to that discussion real quick, but before we jump into that, just saying on the SEC real quick, you brought up Alabama. It's not in that, that, that true contending team right now, Georgia, Texas, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm of that belief. I think Alabama's a nine and three football team next season, 10 and two at best. I said that this year and they hell were a playoff team. So maybe I'm just dead ass wrong about Bama, but is it over? Is there enough left and is there enough juice to, to keep them contenders for the next decade?
4: I'll tell you what, man. I don't like the idea of Kalen DeBoer being his own coordinator. Like, the history of this is not not great at all, Aaron. Like, name, name me the head football coach who calls his own plays that wins national titles. I will wait. I will wait until you dig that name up. The last name to do it is Jimbo Fisher, and he had about 20 NFL football players on the field at Florida State when he did so. We saw what he ran it into the ground at Texas A&M trying to be his own play caller. We see what happens with Billy Napier at Florida trying to be his own play caller. We've seen what happened like RIP. Mike Leach was his own play caller, and everybody Mm -hmm. loved it, but there were so many holes there. Lincoln Riley is his own play caller, but there's so many holes in that program that uh, would just remove them from gain- guaranteed national title. But then, but then it's Ole Miss out of the equation then with Lane? Hey, like they're finally in it. They're, they they have yeah, a chance to win one. But if they don't, if they slip up and they fall, it will not be because of their offense. It will be because of something that was overlooked or mm. oversighted or just didn't get paid attention to because, hey, like Kyle Sch- – hey, we just got done watching the Super Bowl where the damn head coach who calls his own plays didn't know the overtime rules. Why? because he was probably a little too consumed in calling his own place. Mm-hmm. So like, these are things, these are, these are areas of oversight that we just pass by when we're so inundated with the third and four, are we going to get into trips bunch and how are we going to get our, our best receiver open? Like yeah, you you forgot to 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 manage your timeouts because of such, or mm-hmm. or yeah, you ran ten guys out onto the punt team because of such, or or yeah, you gave up an explosive on the defensive side of the football because you busted a coverage and weren't paying attention to call a timeout. These are things that happen when you don't call your when you call your own plays. Nick Saban does did not call his own plays. Kirby Smart does not call his own plays. Ryan Day just hired a head coach to come do it for him because mm-hmm. he's finally over missing these things, right? Mm-hmm. Finally over not being wholly sound as a football program.
3: I'm with it man. It's it's it, it's always been hard to do both. I think it's going to be obviously even nowadays even harder with all the responsibilities of a head coach. So it will be interesting if he brings someone in or not, but just to compare the two because we we've we've had this debate for for a couple weeks on this was before obviously the move of you know Grub going back to Seattle to go be the the OC of the Seahawks but comparing like it's, it's tier one, Georgia and Georgia's kind of the top of the mountain there. You're just focusing on the sec as a whole here. Then it was like the debate of, okay, is it Texas coming in with Sarkin success or is it still Alabama and all that, that talent with De DeBoer coming from Washington? Does it not concern you that DeBoer won in Washington over Texas, a Texas team that has probably more talent than what Washington had?
4: You know, it's been two years, be him two years in a row. Be him two years in a row. There is zero doubt in my mind about Kalen DeBoer, the football coach. I mean, I think that that has been proven. Like he has beaten, he has beaten football teams over and over again that were more talented than him. He beat Oregon twice this year. I don't think there's any question that Oregon was a more talented football team than him. He beat Texas this year. I don't think there was any doubt that Texas was the more talented football team. Mm -hmm. So, from a, is this guy a good football coach? They hired the best football coach. The question in this conference has always been, can you recruit and like even no. though he wanted a rate that he did he wanted a rate that he did and recruited at a top 50 level at Washington like i don't care how good of a football coach you are the history of this conference says you kind of have to recruit really really mm-hmm. well like you got to go out and do it like i think the 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 threshold of this we just saw was michigan Michigan has not recruited inside the top seven, I think, since Jim Harbaugh was there. I don't think he ever cracked like a top five roster or a top three roster, but there is no doubt in my mind that Michigan coach circles around really great football teams Mm -hmm. for a large portion of this season on their way to a national title. So is he a great football coach? Yes. Um, Can he overcome talent discrepancies? Yeah, he's got a history of doing that, but... Let's not bank on that. Let's let's bank on like, hey, we're we're Alabama. We have one of the best five hour recruiting radiuses in the sport. Mm-hmm. Like, you draw a five hour radius around the the Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you can get everywhere. You can get to Mobile. You can get to Louisiana. You can, you can get, get to, to all of Mississippi. You can get to Atlanta. You can get up to mm-hmm. Memphis. Like, you have the proximity to talent. There is no doubt about it. My my question with the the hire has always been like everybody else, and it's a cookie cutter answer. How was he going to recruit? I know he's a great football coach. The history of this conference says you have to recruit in the top seven or top five. It's a lot easier
3: to recruit to Tuscaloosa, you just talked about, than to recruit to Washington. Completely different. So I don't want to just be like, oh, he, he hasn't had this top 20, top 25 class, so he can't do it. Well, he hasn't had really the resources or even the time at Washington to build the reputation to be able to do it. He's at a lot easier place, as you alluded to, to recruit top-tier talent. They got the facilities. They got the buy-in. I think they're working on the NIL piece a little bit. They took for granted because of Nick Saban. That's kind of the, the, the next you know, piece of the puzzle that has to get plugged in for the Alabama and Kalen DeBoer to keep that train moving. All right, we're going to take a quick break, bring in our sponsors from DraftKings on the other side. Talk to a little Dion Colorado in year two right after this.
2: Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the nba check this out guys if you're a new customer use the promo code tbob tbob you deposit five dollars or more you get a no sweat bet up to one thousand dollars which if you lose you'll get that money back in bonus bets okay so for me south louisiana i'm a massive pelicans fan the birds are hot right now i'm playing props i'm betting lines but the point is i'm supporting the birds like you bet However you see fit, your favorite NBA team, your favorite trends, it's all there View The place to play is at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TBob T-B-O-B, and new customers get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBob. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call one 800 gambler or visit www1800 gamblernet In New York, call 8778 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
3: JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's TCU Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. J joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products, are pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning this product
0: contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There are some
1: things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.
3: Oh, that beautiful face. I just keep envisioning it with your haircut. I was about to say. Phenomenal.
4: Murray you, when y'all do this if he ever you know stops being a coward and, and man's up to his own bets um, when y'all do this y'all can't send him to no Joe Schmo barber you got to send him to one of them Instagram barbers that puts like the, the lights out and breaks out the straight razor douses him down well, with he, alcohol wears the, he, he wears the black oh, my God. oh yeah, yeah. He, po- he pops it and and mm-hmm. like I'm saying he's got he's got to be on Instagram he's got to be one of these guys I know he's close to New Orleans I yeah. guarantee you there is some absolute skilled Barbers out there. I want Mans to come out looking like a totally different human. I want Mans to know. come out looking like he just spent ten years. Have somewhere you seen else, a picture of T. Bob you know
3: with I mean? a buzz cut and shave,
4: shave cheeks? Whew. No, I, I'm unfamiliar with T. Bob's game, other than the the I don't know the the lumberjack. I guess we are yeah, calling the big it that. that. That's man. the, big, big, the, big, the old, big old lumberjack. Yeah, yeah, and uh, oof, yeah, he can party. That's all I know about him. That's about it.
3: All right. We appreciate Brooks Austin joining us right now for the show, taking over from my boy T. Um, before we let you go, Dion, year two, great, great article in The Athletic, kind of breaking down position by position, even the coaching staff, what's returned, what have they done in the portal, uh, what are the pieces that that have come back this season, moving to an easier conference. I think we can all agree the Pac-12 exceeded all expectations this year. Four wins, hot start. Very, very, very fast drop off when they start playing some of the bigger boys there out west. You move to kind of that next tier below conference uh behind. I don't know. I guess you put them in the same same categories that you see somewhat there in the Big Twelve. Where do you anticipate? Do you like his? I mean, well, first off, like, do you like Deion? And 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 do you think what he can do can see massive improvements in year two?
4: Um, as someone who talks college football content, I love Dion. um Yeah. But you forgot the biggest addition. Uh, They brought back the prime cleats and the prime uh, shoes. You you forgot that um, in the additions during the offseason. Also, Shadur uh, went out there and did some Fashion Nova stuff out there in Paris. So you forgot all the good stuff Mm. during Mm. the offseason. But here's my thing about this. I'm a fan of consistency as long as you have a plan and you execute it consistently like and you don't waver from it. I'm I'm normally good as long as I can quantify it. And he's been very consistent. It's been very obvious. We're turning over the roster, and we're going to turn over the roster that we turned over. I think that's been the underreported part of this. He has been taking stabs at the portal, but not every single stab has been a hit. He has been siphoning through a lot of these players as well. Not a lot, but a a substantial Mm -hmm. portion of these players. And that's fine. We're trying to get better players into a program that did not have good ones. I understand that principle. Here's my question. When we're constantly bringing in new bodies and we're constantly bringing in new faces and we're constantly changing the identity of our roster, then we're probably going to be dependent upon coaching a lot more than other programs because we don't depend on continuity around here. It's not familiarity. You don't know the system because you've been here a long time. You know the system because the coach implemented it really, really well. And mm-hmm. that would be great. That's fine. As long as we have consistency and no, and we don't have tremendous amount of turnover on the coaching staff, which, as you alluded to, is not exactly the case. They've had mm-hmm. pretty consistent turnover on the coaching staff as well. So we have all of these changing body parts and all these changing identities. And I don't know the caliber of football coach that Dion is. I know the caliber of CEO. I know the caliber, caliber, uh, caliber of marketer. I know the caliber, uh, caliber of motivator that he is. I I don't know because I don't have a background of it. Like, hey, how good of an X's and O's coach is Deion Sanders when all of the things around him are changing? Can he walk into the room and say, hey, I know the OC I just got rid of demoted and and brought in a new one. Hey, it's all good. I'm going to take over the room today and implement these concepts. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you have to be able to do that. I'm just saying it would be really, really a lot easier to just depend upon consistency Mm -hmm. somewhere. There's no consistency anywhere. You you talked about going into an easier conference from a top end perspective, but the Big 12 is historically rock fighting one another every mm-hmm. single week. Like they are taking each other into the alley and just figuring out who's the better seven and five football team today. That's what they do. And if I look at the schedule, I see three guaranteed wins, and I don't feel good great about some of them. North Dakota State. I hope you get that one, Dion. You better get, get that get one. Colorado State, you better get that one again. Cincy later in the year, based off what Cincy did year one in the Big 12, you better get that one. And then the rest of the schedule, I, to a man right now, Aaron Murray, is Colorado guaranteed to beat Nebraska? Is Colorado, no. is Colorado guaranteed to beat Baylor? Baylor had a bad no. year last year, but Dave Aranda ain't no slappy. At UCF, is that a guaranteed win? No. And Gus on here too? K-State, Arizona, Texas Tech, Utah, Kansas, Oklahoma State. I got nine Throw a, like flip a coin. Are y'all? Well, and that, that's. This? I mean, we say it's like the next tier down, but like they're all on the same level,
3: though. Like very they're all like so. it, they're they're all the same. It's it's, it's yes. it is it is going to be m- most likely a very competitive season if you're a Big Twelve fan. You may not get yes. the love, you may not get the prime time games that the Big Ten gets, that the SEC gets, but you're going to get really good football because you are. Very similar with the makeup of coach you're very similar with the makeup of the student athlete they are the athlete on the roster that yeah, like we could sell what we want that like Colorado returned Shadur, who could be a first rounder they return maybe the best athlete in travis in, in in the country they've improved the offensive line they've they have all these skill guys, but are they truly that much more skilled than these other rosters mm. i i i wouldn't Go out there and say like it's an SEC roster. I wouldn't say it's a Big Ten elite roster. It's a big, it's a really good Big Twelve roster, but a yeah. really good Big Twelve roster could still be a six and six seven and five team, like you alluded. So there oh, will, be, way, they will be they uh, will be better than they were last year. I, I I will give them that. I will a, be shocked a, if they're not a if they're not a bowl team.
4: It's a really good Big Twelve roster that is com- like comprised of really good Big Twelve players that they've taken off of other Big Twelve rosters. Mm-hmm. I think I got like five guys from Houston. You know what I mean? Like, they, they they have gone through and kind of siphoned through all of the mid-majors and all of the really good other non-Big Ten and SEC teams, and they've kind of grabbed players off. Will Shepard is a prime example of this mm-hmm. from Vanderbilt, right? Like, that's a great receiver. He was an NFL yep. caliber receiver. He's now at Colorado. Well, he's got six months to figure it out really quickly, okay? And that's fine. He's a great football player. He might be able to do so. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 an interesting fine. He's a Vanderbilt
3: yeah. Kid. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah, well Super you smart. you also do you, you you amass so much talent where you feel like you you can do less with more. I mean that's what we did for so long. It's what Alabama did for so long. You just you have so much more talent, you don't have to make it complex. You can just kind of line up and just play football. And I think Dion's kind of getting to the point already in year two, which is a little bit scary that, like, hey, I just I got the dudes and I got my son at quarterback. That's all I need. Watch me go out there and if he has protection, we're gonna be just just just
4: I just I just know the back end of this slate. Oh yeah. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> you're signing up for fist fights week in and week out. Listen to that. What is what is what's I don't know what I don't is know what Arizona's gonna be, what does he need like
3: to, in your opinion. Year to, uh, get,
4: to, get, first, your to son, get your son into the first round. That that's the goal. Get your son into the first round. Uh get Shiloh drafted as well. Have a great time with Travis Hunter, who he calls his nephew. Get everybody into the first round and then figure out what the coaching career of prime looks like that it's been very, Aaron, there is no long-term plan in Colorado. There has been, no, a no, no, I agree, but like for a Colorado fan, like, what, what, what should the Colorado fan deem as successful? Clint Moses says five or six wins. I, I would say six or seven. You've had your success. If you're a Colorado football player or fan, you, you did the, the whole hire was to make you like have notoriety in the world of college football you got that year one when big noon kickoff spent seven weeks in a row at your place. When college football game day came to you, like the, the whole goal of hiring Dion has already been accomplished. Whether or not you are a, a, a nine win football gotta that into You got to translate that
3: into wins. You got to translate that into wins. So hype got yeah, you. Yeah. Over, one. over
4: four, now over four years. You you can't mm. as a Colorado football fan. I don't believe it is reasonable for you to believe you can be. Oh, and 12 in 2021. And then in 2024, to be competing for a national title or to have won 10 games. I'm like, not that's, saying that's true. I'm, I'm saying bowl. I think bowl yeah, is, bowl, is bowl. Yes.
3: yes. Six that's wins. That's I'm saying. Six, Six wins. Seven easy.
4: wins. easy. Yeah, yes. yeah. You get you get to a bowl, you're happy. That that is that is a goal. But if you're a Colorado football fan out here thinking you're about to win 10 games, hold mm-hmm. on, Bubba. Let's whoa. Easy.
3: Mm-mm. That's like you taught that conference.
4: All right. Oh, we've spent
3: taking too much of your time that is brooks austin the film guy make sure you go follow him has a great youtube channel he does shows monday tuesday thursday in the off season as well go check him out really really good stuff and then on the socials as well i'm guessing at the film guy and all the the handles
4: or brooks it's it's at brooks austin ba but hey we got to talk about something before we leave um April Dog, you needed. I I want to let you know we we're world ready to know. tease it out yet or not. I don't know if you want to tease it out I yet mean, or not. I, I was I you know we got we got merging fan bases. So when you drop that we're gonna do something in April on here on snaps, guess who gets messaged really, really quickly? Where did I that drop you already circle to date? Where, where hey, does that drop look, at? Hey, remember remember the takes that come out on the microphone. That's all I'm saying, dog. So I thought it was funny. That like we had we had a previous show we had a we yeah we had a Uh temporary date set for February and Mm. then on a previous show of snaps I get sent a clip of a former NFL football player the all time leading passer in the SEC telling his audience base that he needs two months to prepare and train for a big fat kid that can throw a ball you need two months to train for what. For you, what? Have you have to understand, you have to understand, Brooks.
3: You have nothing to lose. You have zero to lose. You could go out there and suck, and no one's going to care. Well, if I, I go out there and I look like that. crap, that's a problem. So I do need the two months to make sure that I, you know, got a little juice
4: left in that wing. Get you two months, baby. We'll see
3: you. <laughs> get a workout in. I'm gonna go play fetch with the dogs. Loosen up. Go get a workout in right now.
4: You name dropped on me in Miami who you were playing catch with, and I don't even got to expose you right now, but you was uh, out here yeah. playing catch with former M- I was, MLB all I was I was with Lorenzo Carter the other day
3: um, doing something for ESP, and he had an NFL football, and I was throwing it. And I was like, I need to tell Brooks, we ain't throwing an NFL football when we're doing this throw off. Uh, what
4: do you mean?
3: No, no, we're throwing the college football. We're throwing <laughs> the college football.
4: Buddy, the more and more we talk about this, the more and more I'm already mentally marketing it to Doug. Just hustling. already no NFL ball. What you I'm talking hustling. about hustling him. All right. Well, that's
3: another edition of Snaps. Appreciate everyone jumping in live. We'll be back with T on hopefully T Bob on Thursday. If he's not uh if he's still alive there in Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I'll be back Thursday. We'll have some content coming out tomorrow as always. Like, subscribe, go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the volume snaps, and we will see you live on Thursday. Have a great one, everyone.
2: The Volume. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture.